Oh God, we are moved by that song, thinking of your glory. That is such an apt word, so fitting for a, a celebration of Christmas. Glory in the manger, in the stable. Glory in the circumstances that surrounded the birth of your Son, our Savior. Glory in the announcement of good news and great joy. Glory in the upbringing of Jesus Christ, his perfect life, his humble death on a cross, his resurrection to life eternal, and glory to the offer of that good news to people who will receive all of that. We are just moved by all of that. Please receive our worship this morning, excuse me, this evening, and uh, receive our praise that is uh, about the only thing that we truly can give to you. Thank you for the gift of this evening that we got to be here to sing these songs, to hear your word read and explained in a few moments, and later on, an uh, evening with our family and friends. Thank you for the gift of this night. I pray that you'd move and work in our hearts and our minds that we might see and understand more of who you are for having spent this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Merry Christmas to you. So good to have you here. I love the occasions like these where we can gather as a church family and so many folks have friends and family out of town. Or some people who used to be here and have moved away or come back to visit family. We just just love these times when... We can uh, see familiar faces again and, and rejoice and spend a few moments together. I have some scripture to read and, and to explain a bit. So you may have heard this, uh, some of this read this morning. Um, it, it won't be repetitive. So I'll just pick up in the middle of a, of a story that you're familiar with in, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy. Couldn't miss that. I hope you didn't miss that as we read through it and, and heard some of that sung. The Bible also tells us that the, there was an angelic, uh, not just the one angel who made that announcement, but a whole host of angels, and they could not help but proclaim loudly what this occasion rendered. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I've been curious about that peace for quite some time. Good news, great joy, and somehow that leads to peace. Well, why aren't we experiencing that? I'm a bit of a fan, a follower of the Middle East and the actions of the Middle East, and oh boy, they could use a bit of that peace right now, don't you think? And I think some of us could use that on an uh, individual basis. So we, we tend to camp on those things that we want and we desire and we long for, and 
Christmas cards are one of those things that just capture expressions of what Christmas could mean to us today. And so here's one look of a Christmas card. If you could bring that slide up. This, this is just something that you send to family and friends and, and your, your, your acknowledgement of what the season is about. It might say this, peace on earth. You've probably seen that before. Maybe you've even received a card or two that had a different image on it, but it still carried that same basic message, peace on earth. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight for just a few moments, peace on earth. I, I, I grew up longing for this because I grew up in a home that, uh, sad to say, we excelled at verbal conflict. And, and, and so... Uh, throughout the year, there was a war of words that just was common in the home that I grew up in, and, and I, I looked forward to December because it was different. It was just was different in our home, and it seemed to be different at school and different all around the city, just a bit different in December, and particularly on, on Christmas Day, you could count on it. There would be no war of words on Christmas Day, but then life went on, and the peace went away. There's a story that comes to us of, uh, from history, military history, that, that uh, sort of stepped into this, this idea of peace, but only temporary. So in uh, 1914, in December of 1914, that's World War I was happening. World War I had gone on for five months in, by the time December of 1914 rolled around, and it had cost already one million lives. There were a number of unofficial um, ceasefires uh, along the Western Front in December, on, on the 25th, actually, of December of 1914. Unofficial because they were not declared by any government or any, any uh, military official. It's just that the soldiers in the trenches decided, you know what, we're not going to kill each other today. And instead of shooting, they, they sang. And they played soccer. And they gave haircuts and did whatever they could do, exchanged clothing, uh, coats and chocolates. And, and they enjoyed peace for a day. But then December 26 came and the war resumed and the peace went away. How is it that we could make peace reside within us and around us more permanently than a season or a day? Wouldn't you like to know about that? Interesting that the angels came and, and their, their estimation of it was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So I, I, I think there's two things they were talking about here, two things that, that came when Jesus Christ came into the world, when he was born. One, there, there would be glory to God. In other words, Jesus Christ himself, the birth of Jesus Christ, as well as the person of Jesus Christ, would put on display the glory of God. Just, just let Jesus be himself, and God would be glorified. And that certainly did happen. But then I think they also had a clue that this arrival of Jesus would be really, really good for people. So good that the only way you could attribute this, this goodness of the arrival of Jesus Christ is to point to God. People didn't do this. People did not contrive a, hey, let's, uh, let's have a, a uh, unique birth and, and we'll just, we'll do, we'll do Bethlehem and let's do it in a manger. People didn't make that up. That's all prophetic. Prophesied years in advance, sometimes 500 years, sometimes 700 years, sometimes 1,000 years or more in advance of those circumstances and 
perfectly fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. The angels knew this was God's plan and that it would be really, really good for people. Good news of great joy. Peace on earth was being offered to people. Not automatic, but it was being offered. The angels declared glory. Well, this announcement tells us where we can find peace. And it's not through religion or ritual or doing a whole bunch of things to try to make yourself better, to make the circumstances you live in better. It's through that person of Jesus Christ. Specifically, it's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was a leader in the early church, and he wrote... um, he wrote letters to the churches, and we have some of those. In fact, they're in, our, they're in a Bible. And one of the letters he wrote to the church at Rome, uh, he says, and I'm just picking it up right in the middle of a paragraph here, right in the middle of a good section where he's explaining what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with our Lord Jesus, or excuse me, we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified by faith, justification is a big word that sometimes we like to uh, toss around. It means that God has declared you to be right with him. So God has declared, in other words, he's, he's made a statement. God has made this statement that you have no debt with me. You have no problem with me. I have no problem with you. God has said that through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that could possibly be held against you in terms of how God views you, that's taken care of through Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified through Jesus. And I love that statement because as I've looked at uh, world religions and, and um, just almost like pop religions that, pop, that, that crop up here and there, I, I've noticed there's only one of two words that would describe a religion. If you want to get down to one word only, it seems like Christianity has purchased one word and all the other religions has purchased another, another word. Let me explain. It looks like to me, and I, I haven't examined them all, so I can't see this for absolute fact, but it looks like all other religions subscribe to the word do. There's a whole bunch of things you got to do. In order to be right with God, in order to earn God's favor, in order to be good with people, there's a lot of things you got to do. And you better do them right. Christianity subscribes to the word done, which means it's all done for you, and you receive that as a gift. So that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he writes this letter to the church at Rome. You could look it up. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Paul says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That means the war could be over. We could cease striving and working so hard. Cease wondering, am I, am I good with God today, or how about tomorrow? What if I died tonight? Would I, would I wake up in heaven, or would I wake up somewhere else? Cease striving. You can be at peace with God. Interesting also that this peace um, that is announced by the angelic beings came at a point in time where, if you know your, your history, it was Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome, which was... <laughs> You could call this peace, I guess. It literally, Pax Romana means the peace of Rome. It was peace that was imposed upon the Middle East. <laughs> okay, you guys won't fight anymore. If you do, you're going to have to answer to us, you know, <laughs> which is sort of a threatening peace. I don't know. 
But it, it came at a point in time where uh, wars were basically not happening because Rome was so heavy-handed and so extensive. And the angelic beings came and they said, peace on earth. So in contrast to the peace that Rome gave, which was temporary, the peace that God offers through Jesus Christ is eternal. In contrast to the peace that Rome offered, which was, which was external, the peace that God offers is internal. I noticed I was lacking internal peace, and I noticed our family was, and I wondered what would it be like to have peace that is really and truly peaceful. Didn't find out about that until years later after I'd left, left the home. There's uh, three titles that are connected with uh, the person of Jesus Christ. Can we put that next slide up? It's, it shows a Bible verse, and I've, I've colored out or highlighted uh, three titles that are given to Jesus. So this is where I stopped reading. Um, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Okay, let's look at that slide with just those three titles on it. It says Savior, Christ, and Lord. Charles, go to the next slide. Let's do that next one. There we are. Let's just stack them. Savior, Christ, and Lord. I want to take just a couple more minutes and talk to you about that. So when the, when the angels proclaimed peace on earth to those on whom God's favor rests, when they, when they gave this announcement that was good news for all the people, they specifically said it had to do with the birth of a Savior called Christ that we would acknowledge as Lord. Okay, let's just uh, camp on that for a moment. To identify Jesus as Savior uh, has obviously a, a good amount of good news to it, but there's a piece of hard news too. And you won't appreciate the good news unless you understand the hard news. In fact, it wouldn't even be good news if there were no hard news. It would just be news. The good news is Jesus is a Savior. The hard news is you need to be saved. See, that tells me that you and I are not mistakers who need a second chance. We are sinners who need to be saved. That's what it means when you have this announcement that Jesus would be a Savior. And another piece of Scripture that was read a few moments ago in the Gospel of Matthew We'll call him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. We need that. We need a Savior. Okay, let, let's think about what, what Jesus would have to do and be in order to be a, a Savior. What, what would Son of God have to become? Well, he'd have to be born, right, to represent us. A Savior needs to be born here. He needs to be one of us to represent us before God. Needs to be the Son of God. So the Savior needs to be born. He needs to be born the Son of God because that's God coming to us. We can't go to God. We can't reach His level of perfection, His holiness. We can't aspire to, to hit His mark and earn His and, and somehow merit what he, he wants to give to us. We need God coming to us. The Savior has to be born, has to be the Son of God, has to live a perfect life. It's no good being a Savior if you need to be saved. The Savior has to be born. He has to be the Son of God. He has to live a perfect life. And he has to take our sin, our punishment upon himself. 
which we know Jesus did on the cross. So those four things have to happen in order for Jesus to be Savior. Has to be born, has to be born in the Son of God, has to live a perfect life, has to die on a cross. That means Christmas doesn't save people. I don't know if you thought of that. Christmas doesn't save people, but, but Jesus Christ, who was born on Christmas Day, he saves people. One of the clearest pronouncements of, of the uh, purpose of Jesus' coming is, again, from the leader, uh, Apostle Paul, who wrote letters to churches, this one to a pastor at a church. He wrote to Timothy, and he said, Praise be to Christ Jesus, who has come to save sinners. That's it. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, the term Christ is actually a term. It's not the last name of Jesus. You might be new to Christianity, and there was a point in time where I was, and I just naturally assumed, well, they call him Jesus Christ because Jesus is the first name, and Christ is the last name. That sure seems like what it was to me, and then I came to find out later, oh, Christ basically means Messiah. So Christ literally means God's anointed, and it's a way of referencing the Old Testament. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament written down that Jesus fulfilled. Um, and, and so they, they looked at, he fulfills that. He is the expected one. He's the one we've been looking for. He's the one that was prophesied of old. He is God's anointed. He is the Messiah. That's what Christ means. Sometimes we even, we even just, we don't even mention the name Jesus. We might say a sentence where we talk about Christ. Well, that, that's, that's fine. That's Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah. So we have Savior and we have Christ and we have Lord. That means Jesus outranks us as Lord. Now, what's fascinating about this is that Jesus did not earn the title of Lord or somehow merit the position of Lord he was born into the world as Lord. In a few moments, we're going to sing Silent Night, and there's that familiar phrase toward the end of the song, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. We sing that, and that's what that means is, quite simply, Lord is who Jesus is. We don't make him Lord. He just is Lord, and we acknowledge him as Lord. That means as Lord, he gets to have... Um, the position of, of calling the shots in our lives. He gives us directives, and we do well to follow him and his directives. And it just so happens that Jesus is a Lord that is so good. We are his glad servants. We love to follow Jesus. And Jesus is a Lord that is so powerful, he can handle sin and death. And he's defeated those. And he offers us peace with God through his good work. What I'm suggesting is that God's peace is an offer. It's not automatic. It's an offer that is made to you, not just as a group of people, but as individuals that are dearly loved by God. God offers his peace to you. Jesus, in other words, offers a permanent, an opportunity to end the war with God permanently. You don't have to rebel. You don't have to be on the wrong side of that war. You can be at peace with God, knowing he's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He is for you and wants relationship with you. Having received this peace from God, you're more likely to enjoy 
peace with people. And that's what I found out in my family. Um, out of six of us, all, of, all but one has come to Christ at this point. And we are at peace with each other. There have been a number of times I've been on the receiving end of some kind words from a member of my family. My wife heard that and I said, boy, I, I didn't grow up with that. That's, that's new. That's something that has changed. And I'm wondering if you need to experience that kind of change as well. Do you need to step into the Christmas story? You know, you, you can. It's, the Christmas story is still growing. And it's still being formed. And you can be a part of that. You can be at, at peace with God. And that will go a long way to helping you to experience peace with people. We'd love for you to think about that tonight. I want to close our time in prayer, and then we do have one, one last song, uh, but I want to close our time in prayer and pray for all of us, but I want to start with those of you who are seekers, and perhaps you've been skeptics for quite some time, and, and now you're hearing this explained to you in a way from the Bible that you know you need to respond. I, w- I want to start with you, so let's, let's pray together. Uh, dear God, thank you for this great offer of peace that you're making with us and with me as an individual. Praise you that you thought of this plan. No one dreamt this up and imposed this upon the world. No one, God, somehow backed you into a corner and made this happen. You chose, you planned, you prepared, you brought it to pass. You are amazing. Tonight we recognize Jesus as Savior and Christ and Lord. And my friends, if it's your desire to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, where you call him Savior and Christ and Lord, then you pray with me now. Dear God, I, in my own stumbling way, I want Jesus in my life, and so I'm asking. I acknowledge that I need a Savior, and I am admitting that the Savior I need is Jesus. So please come into my life. Forgive me of the stuff that I've done in the past. Sin and shortcoming, weakness and flat out rebellion. Forgive me of all that. And then set me on a course where I actually follow Jesus as Lord. And experience the peace of God. And peace with God. On a daily basis. Dear God, for all of us this evening, so glad we are here. There are other offers of our uh, on our time tonight. We we could have done other things. We we wanted to gather together here tonight because you are worthy of our time, and you are worthy of whatever effort it took to get us here. However hard it was to walk into this room, however awkward we thought it might be, 
You are worth that and so much more. We are glad to be here tonight to sing praises and to hear them sung, to hear the Word of God read and to hear the Bible explained, and to recall yet again the Christmas story, the best part of which it's true, really did happen. Thank you for all of that. Send us on our separate ways a few moments from now with the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension. In Jesus' name I ask this, amen.